Had to find some higher ground. Had some fear to get around. You can say what you don't know. Later on won't work no more. Last time through I hit my tracks. So well I could not get back. Yeah, my way was hard to find. Can't sell your soul for peace of mind. Welcome back into 444.com's the most accurate podcast. My name is Anthony Stolter, joined as always by John Paulson. JP, how are we doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing really well. Hey, I want to mention this right off the top. We are recording this on Thursday morning this week. Typically, we record it on Friday morning, so we won't have a Thursday night break breakdown for you because obviously we we don't know what happens. Uh, John, if you could have the crystal ball out, you know, and let me know what happens on Thursday night, maybe we can just you know make a whole bunch of money in your predictions. But so we don't have we don't have the Thursday night game to break down and injury news. We we obviously don't have the latest updates, but. You know, we are on top of uh, the a lot of the news that is that has come forward, including some big quarterback news. But I just want to get that out front. We're recording Thursday morning this this week instead of Friday. I had a schedule adjustment that uh, John is accommodating me with, so we will typically record on Fridays. But this week we'll record on Thursday. John, without further ado, tell us about the music. Yeah, I'm gonna actually see this band this weekend uh, at Ohana Fest. It's called uh, the band's called Camp with two A's. Uh, we featured the song Peach Fuzz. Uh, a while ago on the, on the podcast, but this is a, another track in honor of me going to see them this weekend called Square One, and it's actually a cover uh, of a great, really, really great Tom Petty song. So uh, love to see Camp and other bands cover Tom Petty. Uh, they, they did it for a, I think it was a live stream uh, where they had a bunch of bands uh, covering Petty's music, and several of them released uh, singles, you know, using those covers, those, those recordings. So. Uh, Camp is one of them, square one. Uh, check it out. I'll put it in the most accurate podcast playlist, uh, which you can find in the show notes. Beautiful. This week only, listen up, this week only, get a free subscription through our partnerships with Underdog or Prize Picks, or sign up or even upgrade your subscription using the 25% code Kelsey87. So Travis Kelsey, think of his last name. It's Kelsey87, all caps on that, Kelsey87. You're going to get a free Super comfy 4 for 4 t-shirt as well. You can find all the details at 444.com backslash plans. Just sign up or upgrade your subscription and you're going to get that email from us next week with details on how to get the free t-shirt. So be be on the lookout for that. The t-shirts for 4 for 4. Uh, John, I know you have a handful of them. I have a handful of them, different colors, and they're, they are comfy. Whatever material they use. I'm, I'm no fashion expert, John, but I know those shirts are, are darn comfy. I wear them constantly. I'm wearing one now. Uh, just very comfortable T-shirts. Awesome. Let's get into the news of the week now, injury-related. Injury Tua Tungavaloa has fractured ribs. We saw him leave last weekend's loss to the Bills early in that game. Our injury expert, Adam Hutchinson, expects that Tua's going to miss four to six weeks, which means that Jacoby Brissett takes over in the short term. How will this impact Miami's offense, John? It's, it's an interesting situation because, you know, Tua obviously has more upside than Brissett as he develops as an NFL quarterback. But if you look at what we've seen over the last three seasons from both players and really just two seasons from Tua and three seasons from Jacoby when he was a starter in 2019 in Indianapolis, the numbers are really similar. Uh, Tua's, I tweeted this out if you want to look at all the data. It's from uh, Stathead. 
uh, tweeted out a picture uh, of the table with both of their uh, combined stats from 2019 to 2021. Uh, Brissett, slightly lower completion percentage, 63% for Tua, 60% for Brissett. Uh, Brissett, 18 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Tua, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Uh, touchdown percentage, 3.6 for Brissett, 3.7 for Tua. Interception percentage, 1.4 for Brissett, 1.87 for Tua. Yards per attempt, exactly the same, 6.32 yards per attempt, which is not good. I mean, I'm not saying that Brissett's going to come in and t- you know tear it up. But it's basically what we've seen from Tua so far. Uh, and, a, and a follower made a good point that, you know, the, the offensive line for the for the uh, Colts back in 2019 is better than the offensive line uh, for the Dolphins this year. I just thought that this was very interesting, uh, that these numbers were so similar uh, at this point in time. Uh, so I think in the short term, you know, the Miami offense passing attack is a little bit uncertain. We don't know exactly how they're going to operate. We also have... Uh, Will Fuller back in the mix, so you're adding a third player that's going to see targets, and how does that impact uh, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, etc. So I think all these guys are a little, uh, you know, riskier now with Brissett under center because we just don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but I think you know Brissett's capable of posting some decent numbers and uh, could surprise. So you know, just I think this week is a good week if you can to to bench Waddle, bench Parker. Uh, bench fuller and just sort of see what happens with this offense and you know how it's going to look going forward Kevin Bowen of 105 107.5 the fan reports that the Colts are quote approaching this week as if they will not have Carson Wentz on Sunday would you trust any Colts uh, skill position players at this point this is a tough situation apparently uh Brett Hundley is getting reps along with Jacob Eason who came in and had if, if I remember that <laughs> news item correctly, uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of throwing this whole. It's practice. He was a practice squad call up, Brett Hundley. So, I, it's they might play both of them. So this could be a really weird situation. It's probably better just to play the Tennessee defense in this situation. They did okay against Seattle last week. Uh, I think you know they probably are going to try to lean on Jonathan Taylor, so he should see a big workload. You know, if they fall behind, Naheem Hines will likely see, you know, quite a few targets. He tends to produce in games where the Colts are underdogs or lose. So when they're trailing, he tends to see more work. Uh, as far as the receivers, I would avoid Pittman. I would avoid Zach Pascal, I would avoid Jack Doyle. Uh, we just don't know what we're going to get out of any of those guys in this passing game without Carson Wentz in, uh, under center. Dalvin Cook was a did not practice on Wednesday, but... His head coach, Mike Zimmer, said, Dalvin's a tough guy. If he can't play, then there's a reason why he's not playing. He makes us go, so we'll continue to play him. Obviously, Thursday, Friday practice will be key. Again, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. We're recording Thursday morning, so you're going to have to, have to, you, the listener, you know, make sure that you're on top of the Dalvin Cook practice news. Uh, but where would a- Alexander Madison, Madison land if Cook can't play? Uh, probably as a, like a low-end RB2 they still have Amir Abdullah there, and they're basically splitting time as the backup to Cook. So I think they still like Abdullah, uh, especially in a pass-catching role. Uh, so he might take over Cook's targets, and then Madison gets most of the carries. Uh, he's not always a bell cow when Cook is is out, although he does have some upside. Just this year, or this uh, in the last couple of years, um, it sort of depends on if Abdullah is available as well. 
uh, as far as touches go. So I think they're going to end up playing Cook. He finished the game uh, in week two. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer also talked about it's time to get some wins. So <laughs> I don't think he's got much sympathy for Delvin Cook at this point, and he just wants to you know to save his job uh, or whatever and, and get a couple wins because they are 0 2. So uh, I love mentioning that the, the Vikings are 0 2. <laughs> That's says, pretty cruel. Says, but, the, says uh, the Packer fan. Yeah, uh, I was, I was, I was like, well, uh, the, the Vikings are lining up for a game-winning kick. It's not too far away. I'm sure they're going to win, win that game against the Cardinals. And I was like, oh, oh they lost. How'd that happen? It's so <laughs> painful. I would think to be to be a Vikings fan with the, all the missed kicks they've had over the years. But sorry to bring that up, uh, Vikings fans. I know it's tough. Uh, so I do think that Cook will be out there since he did finish last week. Typically, that's the rule that I use. If they finish the game, they're typically available to. Uh, play the next game, even if they sit out practice. It's a lot of times they're just really dinged up and need as much rest as possible. Yeah, the as even as a Falcon fan, and we everybody knows our our misery. The Vikings even missed a historic kick against my Falcons in '98 when Gary Anderson, who hadn't missed a field goal all year, missed a field goal to set up the Falcons uh, to to set up overtime. And they eventually won with Morton Anderson's kick. So even even my lousy, horrible downtrodden franchise benefited from a missed Vikings kick. So I too apologize to Vikings fans. It must be rough. Who's going to run the ball for the 49ers this week, John? You got Elijah Mitchell. He left week two with a stinger slash shoulder injury, but he, he was able to return. Jamichael Hasty has an ankle sprain. Trey Sermon was limited in practice and is in the concussion protocol. Special teamer Trenton Cannon is on the 53-man roster. The 49ers signed Carrion Johnson to the practice squad a while ago, and they just added Jaquest uh, Patrick to the practice squad this week. Should I suit up for the 49ers at this point? They, they, they seemingly need a running back, a healthy one. Well, they signed uh, Chris Thompson as well. So it, it's it's like a uh, parade of uh, uh, running back cast-offs, and who knows who could produce out of this group. I think that Elijah Mitchell will probably play. He, again, he came back to the game in week two. Uh, and, you know, just... It was kind of glossed over, but the fact that he saw, I think, 19 uh, touches in that game, week two, it, it just shows that the big waiver bid on him uh, was the right process. Uh, they had a, He had a touchdown that was called back, which would have made his fantasy day look a lot better. Uh, so I think Mitchell was the right call from a waiver wire standpoint uh, last week. And uh, he's got, I think it's more than a stinger, uh, but the fact that he was able to return indicates that he's probably going to be able to play this week. If not, uh, you know, they have Sermon coming through the concussion protocol. Usually when you're in the protocol, you miss a week uh, at least, sometimes longer, but he was limited in practice, I believe, as of Wednesday. So that was a good sign that he's at least doing something. Uh, Sometimes they're really bad concussions. They're not able to do anything early in the week at all. Uh, so with the kind of monitor him, uh, you know, if, if Mitchell and Sermon are both healthy, then Mitchell is the primary back and Sermon, like maybe the backup Hasty's going to be out with that, uh, high ankle sprain, uh, cannon might sprinkle in for a couple touches, but he's mainly a special teamer. Uh, so if, if Sermon is out, I would think that the next person that they would call up would be carry on Johnson since he was, uh, he's been on the team for a while, or at least on the practice squad. So he's so- sort of familiar with what's going on as opposed to, you know, Patrick, who they signed earlier this week, or Chris Thompson. Uh, I know Kyle Shanahan and Chris Thompson are, you know, familiar with each other from the days in Washington, uh, so maybe he would have a chance to just come in and play. Uh, but he's more of a just a third down back. So if you're looking for somebody to sort of 
compliment Mitchell, you'd think it'd be somebody like Karrion Johnson, who maybe is more in that, I don't know, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson type mold. Uh, so I think, you know, we'll see Mitchell leading the backfield and, you know, maybe Sermon, but probably not. And maybe Karrion Johnson gets called up and is the RB2 this week. Antonio Brown tested positive for COVID-19, seems unlikely to get cleared for week three. Who would benefit from Antonio Brown's absence? Yeah, they, the, the Bucks I think, announced that they were 100% vaccinated. So uh, just keep that in mind with Brown. I think he should bounce back from this fairly quickly, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, Scotty Miller has run 17 routes compared to Tyler Johnson's nine. Uh, so he's run about twice as many routes. So I think Miller is ahead of Johnson right now. I would expect them, though, to sort of split that third spot up, you know, in a two-third, one-third, or a 50-50 sort of uh, way. Uh, Miller's got that speed, and, you know, they like to shoot uh, the deep ball to him. Uh, I think, really, it's probably going to be those two splitting that, that role, but then more targets probably for Ron, Ron Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. Maybe they lean on him a little bit more, and he's off to a really fast start at tight end. Deontay Johnson's dealing with a knee injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Early word was that he did avoid major injury, which was good news. On Tuesday, Mike Tomlin said the injury is looking better, not to be confused with great. What's your thoughts on Deontay Johnson? It's kind of a cryptic uh, comment by Tomlin there, looking better but not to be confused with great. Sounds to me like he might miss this week, but maybe it's a short-term injury. And if he's out, you know, James Washington's snaps should uptick to 70% or plus or more. So he's sort of a, a sneaky play uh, if, as a pickup and start. He's a pretty talented receiver, but he's been kind of sitting in that fourth spot uh, for the Steelers. And that doesn't, you know, result in a lot of targets or, or snaps. But if he's back on the field 70 80%, he'll be, he should be productive. Uh, the... Steelers play the Bengals, of course, in the games early, so we should know about Deontay. If he's questionable or gets a limited practice in on Friday, uh, at least we'll know uh, early on, on Sunday uh, whether or not he's going to play. But, you know, if, if Johnson's out there, I'm going to start him. Um, but if he's if he's out, then I start looking at the, you know, Claypool a little bit more and James Washington, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. DeAndre Hopkins was a, did not practice as well on Wednesday. How worried are you about DeAndre Hopkins' matchup? This Not the matchup, but whether or not he's going to play. Well, we'll see what he does today. Uh, he, I think he finished the game as well. He didn't catch a pass, interestingly. I went to look back at his the, the game log and um, the play log and his number of routes he ran. Uh, but he ran a route on 41 of... Kyler Murray's 42 dropbacks, so he was in the entire game. He didn't uh, catch a pass after the first quarter, though, which was interesting, so you wonder if he was somewhat limited by whatever injury he's got. Um, but I, I would assume that he's going to you know, get a practice in here on Thursday or Friday and, and, and suit up. But if he's out, I think you know Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk uh, are more startable, and you can even look at A.J. Green if you want. Uh, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in him. He did catch a touchdown last week, but... Um, you know, not nearly as effective as he was early in his career thus far uh, in his stint with the with the uh, Cardinals. Evan Ingram is back at practice, limited on Wednesday with a calf injury. Do you do you like him if he is healthy? I think if you know people are struggling at the tight end position and want to maybe run a guy out there, Ingram has a history of production. He's playing your Falcons, who are you know not great defensively. I think I'll just say that. Uh, How could you? <laughs> No, you're right. You're terrible. Uh, Ingram typically is, you know, gets a pretty good target share. Uh, Daniel Jones looks for him. Um, the Giants' offense is maybe a little bit better than expected. Uh, 
passing attack at least. The, the running game is not going very well right now, but uh, Jones is playing better at quarterback. So, you know, there's a chance that he could, uh, you know, put up a five for 50 and a touchdown against the Falcons. Other injuries to monitor, John, you got Big Ben, got the pectoral injury, you got Josh Jacobs, Raiders running back in with an ankle injury. Russell Gage, wide receiver for the Falcons, has an ankle injury. T. Higgins, shoulder injury. All of them did not practice on Wednesday. Just your quick quick thoughts on those guys. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll see what Roethlisberger is able to do. If he's out, then obviously he's a little bit of a setback for the, the Steelers, but, you know, he's not, uh, you know, a golden god at this point in his career either. He's not, he's having some trouble pushing the ball downfield. Um, but, you know, he's got the experience and he knows his receivers well, so it's nice to have him under center. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think you're looking at a similar situation as to last week. We did end up seeing uh, Peyton Barber out-touch Kenyon Drake in that game, although Drake played a lot more snaps. Uh, he just didn't get many carries. Uh, you know, T. Higgins with the shoulder injury, we'll just see what he's able to do. If he's out, you know, maybe somebody like Auden Tate gets a bump or Mike Thomas gets a bump, but I think you're really looking at more targets for Tyler Boyd uh, and Jamar Chase. Before we get to John's sneaky starts for week three, have you done all the hard work on your fantasy football roster this week? Well, take all that hard work and turn it into real cash with prize picks. Simply pick two or more players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. It's that that easy. I was looking at some of the numbers this week and one one quarterback that really stood out, and I used John's rankings at 44.com and the projections at 44.com to really to, to really decide what I want to do with prize picks. And one one player that continues to pop for me is quarterback Matthew Stafford from the Rams. John, he's at two, 298.5 passing yards. He's taken on a Buccaneers team that defensively has not looked as sharp in the early, go, early going, especially when you compare to where they were at the end of last year. I think at some point the Buccaneers' defense is going to be fine, but they're traveling this week, first road game for them, and Matthew Stafford has looked very sharp thus far in Sean McVay's offense. John, in the 4 for 4 projections, has Matthew Stafford thrown for 313.7 yards. Prize picks has Matthew Stafford's number at 298.5. So as long as Matthew Stafford gets 299 passing yards or more, uh, we're going to win money. So that's that's my play this week in prize picks, but you can check it all out as well. All you have to do is download the prize picks app today or visit prizepicks.com. And if you deposit this week with the promo code 444, that's the number four, F-O-R, number four, you're going to get your your hands on $100 in instant bonus, in an instant deposit bonus, match dollar for dollar. So prize picks, you got to try it out. Hands down, most fun, fast, and easy way to play daily fantasy sports. Visit prizepicks.com. Play today, and again, download that app. You're you're gonna love it. I, I've I've really enjoyed playing Prize Picks, uh, and I've made it part of my weekly routine now when it comes to uh, doing my research for fantasy or betting. John, let's do some sneaky starts right now. First and let's foremost, and this is something that I'm really interested in as well. This question: Should managers panic about Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of questions because I was, you know, touting Tannehill as a the best value at the quarterback position heading into the season. I still believe in him. Uh, I realized that that first game against the Cardinals was pretty ugly, and he didn't score a touchdown against Seattle, although he threw for 347 yards and ran for 27 more yards in that game. He had a touchdown that was overturned uh, to Julio Jones. His day would have looked a little bit better had that gone through. Uh, that had that been approved, <laughs> touchdown is very strange. Uh, over you know overturning of that touchdown, uh, but I you know I'm looking at Tannehill versus Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts have taken a step back uh, on the defensive side of the ball so far this year, 
and I'm not going to let a couple of uh, below average games, you know, scare me off of a good spot here. Tannehill has, for the last season and a half, really produced as a fantasy, you know, QB one, and I don't think that's has suddenly changed just because they lost Arthur Smith uh, as the offensive coordinator. Uh, in the 15 home games since he took over as a starter, Tannehill has averaged 2.53 passing touchdowns, and he's also run for 0.47 rushing touchdowns at home in those games. So, you know, he's accounting, he's on average accounted for three touchdowns uh, in the last 15 home games uh, on average. And uh, I just look at the improvement that you saw with him and Julio in uh, week two. I think that, uh, you know, he'll have a good game against Indianapolis. I think the one concern here is that, you know, the Colts aren't able to keep up with scoring, so they don't have to, you know, push the ball downfield. But this might be a, a game where the Titans score 30, 40 points uh, just running their normal offense. So I, I still would, uh, you know, run Tannehill out there as a low-end QB1. Uh, I let me just add this. You know, with John, I I took Ryan Tannehill on John's recommendation, and I'm I'm confident that that he's gonna he's gonna rebound as well. John's right. I mean, if you watch the games, the the first week, the first week he had, there was uh, I, th- I think I think it was Ferkser, maybe maybe one of the other uh, wide receivers or tight ends had a pass knocked out of his hands. It was it was a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill last week clearly. I, if that isn't a touchdown to Julio Jones, I don't know what a touchdown is. The same game, if, if Russell Wilson, if that wasn't a safety at the end of that game in overtime, I don't know what a safety is either. But tough day for the referees. Bottom line is I, I, I trust John's evaluation on Ryan Tannehill, and I know at, at some point Tannehill's going to spark and he's going to be right where John thought he was at the start of the year. So uh, for what it's worth, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still all in on Tannehill as well. Uh, John, what what are you expecting from Justin Fields' first start? He's he's going to make the start with Andy Dalton out this week. He didn't look Fields didn't look great, especially as a passer last Sunday. Yeah, before we started recording, you actually asked me, you know, Fields over Tannehill this week or Tannehill over Fields, and you know, I, I think you're if you're you know if you like to live dangerously like you know Austin Powers, <laughs> uh, you could run you could run Fields out there. It is exciting to run him out there against uh, Cleveland. You know, had his Passing efficiency numbers in the preseason looked a little better. I might uh, be a little bit higher on him. He might, though, still deliver if he can really run the ball. Like he is. So this is what I saw in terms of looking at his preseason numbers, plus his regular season numbers so far: thirty-eight of sixty-four for fifty-nine point four percent for three hundred forty-six yards. That's a five point four one yards per attempt, and a lot of that is in the preseason, where you should have you know, better numbers than that. Teams aren't playing, you know, the toughest defense they can play. Uh, two, two to one touchdown to reception, interception ratio. Uh, but the, he's run the ball 22 times for 126 yards and two scores. You know, you look at his numbers and it's about two games worth. And if he's running, you know, rushing for 60 yards and a touchdown, then you're in really good shape fantasy-wise. So you have to kind of want, you, know, you wonder if the run-pass ratio is going to be as high as what we've seen so far in the regular season. It's 15 to 11 so far in the regular season in his little spot play in week one and then coming in relief of an injured Andy Dalton in week two. It was 15 uh, pass attempts to 11 rushing attempts. In the preseason, it was 49 to 11. So big difference there, you know, pass run in the preseason versus the regular season. So the question is, is, are we, was that, was that running heavy running that he did in week two? Uh, I think eleven. I think it was eleven attempts. Was that 
uh, a function of the fact that he was just sort of thrown into the fire and just had to make do? Uh, or is that really how he's going to play, where he's going to take off half the time or two-thirds of the time, or one-third of the time? Uh, so if he's if he's doing the, the preseason 49 to 11 ratio, um, you know, basically five to one, then with given his efficiency numbers in the passing game thus far, I'm not super optimistic that he's going to post a good game against Cleveland. He might because Cleveland has kind of struggled uh, against the pass. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor did really well. Obviously, Mahomes did well against the Browns. Um, so it's possible, but you know, for him to have that big game, I think he needs to run a lot. And I don't know if he's going to based on you know what he did in the preseason. I love the Austin Powers reference. What did he stay on like six or something? I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. dealer, the dealer, like flips over a twenty right away. Uh, Tyson Williams will will uh, let me let me rephrase this. Tyson Tyson Williams will um, will he still be the RB one in Baltimore? Do you think? I think the you know we're heading into the third week of this, and he led the you know last week he led the the backfield in touches with fifteen yards, total yards of ninety three, snaps forty nine percent. He did have a fumble as he was going in for a touchdown, but it got recovered. Uh, by uh, Duvernay, whatever his name is, the uh, the uh, receiver, oh, yeah. yeah, Devin du- Duvernay, uh, Duvernay, uh, yeah, Duvernay, you know, Duvernay, you know, recovered the fumble, ran in, you know, and I would be a little worried if they had just totally gone away from him after that fumble, but they didn't. They kept they kept running him out there. Uh, Latavius Murray did get a, a touchdown, but you just look at Williams; he's just got a lot more juice uh, in terms of running, and he's a pretty good pa- uh, pass catcher as well. I think this is a good spot for him against Detroit. Any optimism surrounding James Robinson of the Jaguars? Yeah, looking at what he did last week versus Week One, I am now a, a more optimistic. I mean, I'm not crazy jazzed about this Jaguars offense as it stands, uh, but you know, Robinson's share of the backfield really increased in week two. He outtouched Carlos Hyde 14 to two in week two, uh, after Hyde outtouched, uh, Robinson in week one, even though Robinson played more snaps, the, the offense I said, uh, is, a, is a worry is worrisome as a whole, but, um, you know, Robinson's usage is training the right way. If you're, if you're an owner, I'm not, ex- I'm sorry, as a manager, but you're not too excited about, you know, starting him this week against Arizona, but he should be out there at least on passing downs and maybe he could get you some points in the PPR format. Devin Singletary is still the starter in Buffalo after Moss scored two touchdowns in the second half, you think? Yeah, if you look at the the, the game log at the end, it, it sort of seems like Moss is back to his, you know, RB2 role there, but it was a 25-5 to 5 snap margin in the first half, Singletary out-snapping Zach Moss, and it wasn't until they got up by three scores that Moss really came in and, and took over the backfield. So I think they were just resting Singletary. I think Singletary is the lead back right now in Buffalo. It doesn't necessarily mean he's the bell cow, but they are, you know, running the ball a little bit more. They've gotten more rush touch, rush touchdowns, not going rush, touch, rushing touchdowns, not going to Josh Allen. Uh, I don't know if that's going to continue, but the, you know, the running backs have been more involved, uh, you know, in far as scoring the ball. Um, Moss finished with two touchdowns, but saw six of his ten touchdowns after halftime. Um, so yeah, I think I think Singletary is still the lead back. He's not a real confident start because you know they could they could sort of turn back to a fifty fifty split pretty quickly. But it does seem like he's ahead of Moss right now. Rondale Moore absolutely went off last week. You saw the speed that the former Purdue Boilermaker had against the Vikings. Is he startable? Is Rondell Rondell Moore startable against the Jaguars? Yeah, you know, I look at uh, his. 
percentage of routes run on Kyler Murray dropbacks in week one, it was 38%. In week two, it was 57%. That's a pretty sizable jump for you know a wide receiver four in you know the team's offense. They obviously wanted to get him on the field more and get him involved, so that's showing intent. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit banged up. AJ Green not looking like the stud he once was. Uh, I think you could in against Jacksonville st- start him as a wide receiver three or a flex. Darnell Mooney going to have a breakout game against the Browns. You think? Yeah, sort of, sort of depends on Fields and you know how he can deliver as a passer. I mean, I think the people are excited about his ability, and if he can show better efficiency than he did in the preseason, then Mooney and Robinson and even Cole Komet and all these guys are going to produce because this offense could be better. He's pushing the ball downfield. Um, Mooney was attempt uh, was targeted on four of Justin Fields' 15 pass attempts thus far, which is a pretty high uh, percentage. He's leading the team in air yards with 65 per game. He's averaging the same number of targets, 7.5, as Allen Robinson. And the Browns, of course, have yielded big games to Brandon Cooks, uh, 9 for 78 and a touchdown, and Tyree Kill, 11 catches for 197 and a touchdown in the first two weeks. So there's some upside here if Fields can uh, throw the ball well. And then Jared Cook, we got to mention him. It's, I seem like we're, it feels like we're obligated to mention Jared Cook, but he cracked your sneaky Starks this week. Yeah, I mean, Jared Cook, as long as he's out there uh, playing football, uh, is going to get some targets. The guy's a really good athlete. Uh, he's had his ups and downs over his career, but, you know, I think lately, you know, Saints, his time with the Packers, he's been producing, and now he's with the Chargers. He's averaging 6.5 targets per game, which is pretty high for a tight end. He's the sixth most air yards uh, through uh, two weeks at the tight end position. So he's being targeted by Justin Herbert and, uh, you know, at the tight end position where people struggle and he's often on the waiver wire. He's, he's, he's worth rolling out there. One more sneaky start we got to ask you about. You think that Austin Hooper is a sneaky start against the Bears? Yeah, he had, I think he had five catches last week. Yeah, for forty yards uh, on five targets. Uh, Jarvis Landry was knocked out of that game. Odell Beckham might be back this week. It looks like he's practicing uh, again and, and maybe back, and that might help uh, this whole situation there with the the Browns passing game being so beat up. Uh, but they've been targeting their tight ends, you know more you know as a larger share of the offense than, than usual and you know both David and Joku and, and Hooper have been involved but Hooper specifically last week was involved against the Bears they'll be focused on uh you know stopping Beckham if he's out there I think Hooper can get in you know for 55 for 50 and maybe score a touchdown as well all right that'll do it for John Paulson I'm Anthony Stalter remember to jump on that offer of a free t-shirt 444.com backslash plans sign up via our underdog slash prize picks partnership or use the code kelsey87 to get 25 percent off any subscription or subscription upgrade we'll be back next week recording on friday and i i and john hope that uh, you have a great week in fantasy and everything that you do uh, betting related as well hopefully you enjoyed this podcast again we'll see you next time on the most sacra podcast 